we had a hard time finding one that checked all of them until we found the one. And I'm so glad I held out because our house checks all the boxes. So that's kind of just an FAQ of quick questions, but I wanted to zoom in on some of the more juicy, like nuanced, vulnerable details. So I'm going to speak more to the financial piece and give some advice as an entrepreneur homeowner, the manifestation and mindset piece, because there's a lot to be said about how I approached this house and the way things came together. And then also the like mental breakdown, uh, navigating that situation that I had, because sometimes this is going to sound wild and batshit, but sometimes getting everything you want is really hard and is really triggering. And I'm going to explain what I mean by that. Welcome to Make Bank with Marie Wold. I'm Marie. And for the last decade, I've been helping women set and hit unrealistic goals while building their definition of a rich life. This podcast is your ultimate destination for unfiltered discussions about personal development, entrepreneurship, wellness, confidence, wealth building, relationships, and so much more. We're creating our dream lives together, and I'm so glad you're here. Now let's jump into today's episode. So a little bit of a life update. I bought my dream house (laughs) and this episode is going to give you the 411 and I'm going to be really honest about the finances behind it around the practical process of how I manifested this house and also kind of peel back the curtain of how I have handled this really honestly wild season (laughs) in my life emotionally including mental breakdowns because you know I keep it real. So if you follow me on Instagram, you've probably seen a lot of updates and I have no shame in how much I am sharing this move and getting settled in this house and really just all the things I'm excited about right now because this house is a huge deal to me and in this season of my life, it's kind of a time where I feel like a lot of things are coming together. Like I feel like a lot of the seeds that I've sown and a lot of work that I've put in is paying off and I'm able to, I'm in like a season of harvest a little bit while also reinvesting and putting in new work and still busting my ass to be honest. (laughs) But I've gotten a lot of questions about how I'm navigating it, why we moved, how I financially prepared for this as an entrepreneur, because that can feel really overwhelming. What my favorite parts of the new house are, how I manifested it, just all the things, all the behind the scenes things around my mindset, how we did it and are planning the wedding at the same time and more. So that's what we're covering in this episode. And I'm coming to you from my new amazing office, which is beautiful with high ceilings. So I'm sorry if this sounds a little echoey. It's not fully, fully podcast optimized yet, but I can see this big tree that just like finished budding all of its leaves is outside my window. And in the afternoon, it just feels really cozy. And I'm, I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed. Like I said, I've been sharing so many updates on moving in, getting organized, styling things, just calibrating to a higher standard of living over on Instagram. And you can see all of it there. I'm Marie E. Wold 
on IG if you don't follow me already, but that is really the place to like put a visual <laughs> behind everything that I am describing. But for this episode, I really wanted to go in depth. That's really what the podcast is for. And I think that the most valuable part of this conversation is going to be like peeling back the curtain of my brain. <laughs> Not a great visual, but we're going to go with it. But I did want to get some of kind of the basic FAQs out of the way so that you have some context behind why we did this, what the timing was. I understand that now is strategically not the most optimal time to get a new big mortgage and things like that. But truthfully, there's like never really a great time to buy a house regardless. But I want to give you kind of the background and answer a lot of the FAQs before I get really nitty gritty into the kind of more vulnerable parts. So just to set the scene on the timeline and how this all unfolded, we have known for a long time that our last house we were just going to be in for like three-ish years, maybe four years, maybe five, but probably like three. And that's basically exactly what we did. We started casually house shopping in Q4 of 2022 just to get a feel for like what we liked, what neighborhoods we were into, what we were looking for, and we listed our house at the very end of December. And then even though that's like a really slow time of year, especially in our area, we were under contract by February. And as soon as we were under contract, it was go time to find our next house. And we actually ended up moving in on one that we had been eyeing for like a few weeks, which during that time we couldn't do anything about it, which I'll tell you why in a second. And then we closed on the new house March 9th, moved in on March 10th. Things moved fast. And the story of how it all came together is actually wild. And I'm going to get into that in a couple of minutes. Another big question I've been getting is why did you move? Your old house was really cute, blah, blah, blah. And it was. It was really cute. I have lived in Austin with my fiance, Andrew, and our two dogs and our cat for a little over five years now. And we rented an apartment for the first two years kind of got our bearings, saved up some money, bought our first house at around the two-year mark exactly. And again, we bought that like kind of knowing that we would be there for three years. And now we have our new house to kick off 2023 and our sixth year in Austin. So we've been here for five years. Long story short of why we only stayed in the first house for three years is that it was really just meant to be exactly that. Like it was meant to be our first house, our starter home. It was exactly what we needed when we bought it. And it gave us our top priorities of what we really needed then within our budget then. But there were some things that we really didn't love about it. And we're just like wearing on us by the end. And I still love the house itself and it's still cute. And I love the choices that I made and things like that because we were able to choose some of the fixtures as I was finishing getting built. And it was really cute. And like people at our open houses loved it and stuff like that. And like, yeah, it was super cute. But the biggest issue was for us, the location. We lived in a... I don't even know that you could call it a town. We lived in Spicewood, which is in the hill country, about like 45 to an hour outside of Austin. So we were like out there. And for a long time, I really didn't mind being more in the country. But after everything opened up past vid and we really started having a life again, it just started wearing on us. Like the daily 
hour in a car to do anything. We were like minimum 25 minutes from anything like the grocery store, the pharmacy, coffee shops, good restaurants, our friends, doctor, chiropractor, nails, hair, (laughs) all the things, which doesn't sound that bad when you say like, oh, 25 minutes, but it just slowly wore me down because every time I wanted to leave the house, even if it was just to grab a coffee or work at a coffee shop or get something I forgot in my grocery order, like I was committing to an hour round trip in the car and that just made me not really want to do anything. Which, you know, is not like the vibe that you want to have when you're really like investing into your friendships and trying to like really enjoy your late 20s and like Andrew's in his early 30s. Like we're really trying to like live it up right now. (laughs) It is not conducive to that. And we were also just by far like the youngest people in our neighborhood. And it just never really felt like our people if you're picking up what I'm laying down like we love that Austin itself like in the city is very ambitious young active like warm friendly etc etc and that's just like not the vibe that we had in that area and it was also our neighborhood very very family and we were not empty nesters and we did not have kids so we did not fit in whatsoever. So obviously we decided to do something about it and change our circumstances once we were in the position to do so. And the house that we bought is in an amazing neighborhood in the city of Austin, so close to all of our favorite things. Like I'm still geeking out that there are six grocery stores within 10 minutes of me. And like some of my favorite restaurants are 10 minutes away or less. I have coffee shops all around me. I can go pop over to get my nails done in like six minutes. My Cairo is five minutes away, which before was like an hour each way. (laughs) Like it is just so amazing to be in a location that is conducive to the lifestyle that I actually wanted to have before. And I'm sure you can tell I don't need to keep elaborating. I'm sure you can just tell that I'm super happy with our decision to move back into the city. And then last kind of FAQ is why we chose the house that we did. And if you know me, you know that I do not settle. (laughs) And I had some very specific things on my wish list for this house. I wanted a transitional vibe that wasn't too traditional or too modern, which honestly is kind of hard to find in Austin. I wanted light wood floors because we have golden retrievers. I wanted amazing natural light. I wanted a yard that was big enough for the dogs to play fetch and run around. Also very hard to find in the city. I also wanted a pool, which is a little common, but it's kind of like either you have a pool or a yard, not both. And I wanted specifically both. And we looked at a lot of houses that checked a lot of those boxes, like most of the boxes, but we had a hard time finding one that checked all of them until we found the one. And I'm so glad I held out because our house checks all the boxes. So that's kind of just an FAQ of quick questions, but I wanted to zoom in on some of the more juicy, like nuanced, vulnerable details. So I'm going to speak more to the financial piece and give some advice as an entrepreneur homeowner, the manifestation and mindset piece, because there's a lot to be said about how I approached this house and the way things came together. And then also the like mental breakdown, navigating that situation that I had, because sometimes 
this is going to sound wild and batshit, but sometimes getting everything you want is really hard (laughs) and is really triggering. And I'm going to explain what I mean by that when we get to that section. So for the first, the first area that we're going to zoom into is finances. And I know the big question everyone has here is like, how much was your house? And well, I do share so much online. I don't feel comfortable sharing exactly how much this new house was, but to just give you an idea of like the, the vibe, the energy behind this upgrade and the context of why it has felt the way it has felt. The new house was roughly four times the price of our last home and had a seven figure price tag, which is just wild for me to say being like 28 years old and doing that. (laughs) And I don't share that to brag, but really to put this conversation into context of just like how big of a jump this was for me and why it triggered so much for me, even though it was exactly what I wanted. You also know if you listen to this show and you follow me elsewhere, you know that I'm a big believer in like normalizing success, normalizing having big goals and really sharing evidence of what's possible. So I just do want to give you enough context to anchor it into that. But I'm not going to give like the the exact price tag. So that's that's a caveat, but financially drastically increasing the price of our home meant a few things cuz to me that's something that like really jumps out when I when I give you that bird's eye view that we've four 4xed the price of our home, which as you can probably deduce is like 4xing our monthly payments, our mortgage, that sort of stuff. So drastically increasing the price of our home meant a few things. Number one meant making sure that my take-home pay from my business was sustainable for that new mortgage and really reverse engineering my business goals to support that. Like I knew three years ago, really, but I, I would say I got really serious about this like 18 months ago or two years ago. I knew that my next home would be kind of in this price range. And I knew that I needed my business to allow that to happen. And so I reverse engineered it. And that's like a very real life example of my philosophy that business should support life. And anytime I get a new client in Online Coach Empire Mastermind or OCE VIP or anyone I'm working closely with, I always will ask the question, like, what are your lifestyle goals? What do you want life to look like outside of your business? Because we get to reverse engineer the business to look whatever way it needs to look for you to have your dream life. So I very much like embodied that for this goal of mine. And I wanted to make sure that my business was in a place where I could not only like buy my dream home and pay for the mortgage, but also enjoy living here and elevating my lifestyle overall and really making it mine, which means like investing in nice furniture and more furniture. Cause we added like a thousand over a thousand twelve hundred square feet be able to pay someone to come weekly for pool maintenance get help with landscaping etc etc we also like i said are in the city now so we have access to things like restaurants and nails like i got my nails done for the first time in probably over a year last week and it was amazing just things like that like we know that also our lifestyle is going to be a little bit more expensive living here just because we have access to do stuff. And I wanted to make sure that we were able to really embrace all of it. So the business and the take-home pay, specifically the profits needed to support that. 
I also, along with making sure my salary, like my monthly amount that I I transfer the same amount to myself every month, made sure that was going to sustain monthly payments, but also taking a significant owner's draw out of the business last year to put towards a down payment that I maybe would have normally reinvested back into the business. So it was all very much planned. It was all very much intentional. And then the other thing that I would say is really having my ducks in a row and handling my finances like a CEO paid off big, big time. Like my business has historically grown every year and to qualify for the price range we wanted, I needed my 2022 taxes to be filed. So that meant having our tax strategy on lock, like really staying on top of bookkeeping, tax prep, financial reporting, et cetera, et cetera. So that as soon as we could file 2022 taxes, we did that. And that was actually a really like stressful limbo time because we had found this house and we really wanted to make an offer on it, but we couldn't have our like pre-qualification done or a pre-approval letter done until the taxes had been filed. And the IRS was just like not accepting tax returns until the end of January. So we were just sitting there waiting, hoping no one else bought this house in the meantime. And that was a little stressful. But the good thing was we had our ducks in a row. We were literally ready to hit submit like the moment the IRS started accepting tax returns and overall just approaching business finances like a CEO was huge because you need to be organized, you need to show profitability, and you also typically have to have at least two years of tax returns filed in order to use your business income to qualify for a mortgage. Fun fact. And I've learned so much from this, not as much from buying the first house because that was just I had no idea it was happening and that was really stressful, but Andrew for the last few years has been working as a mortgage loan officer and he is really smart and has taught me a lot of things and obviously doing things twice, like this is the second time, it just felt so much more smoother and I was so much more prepared because I knew what to expect. If you want to buy a house anytime soon, highly recommend reaching out to Andrew because he can help you figure out exactly what you need and what what you're going to have to do in order to get the mortgage that you need. But I digress. (laughs) My big picture home buying finance advice and takeaway is two main things. Number one, get your ducks in a row sooner than later, even if it just means learning QuickBooks and like keeping track of all of your income and expenses and your profits and losses or hiring a bookkeeper even. And that can be as low as like a couple hundred, a few hundred dollars a month so that you have things organized when it comes to comes time to file taxes or even just like make financial decisions. So like when I was deciding when I should give myself a raise and how much it should be or how much to put aside for taxes or how much to pay for estimated taxes or when I could take an owner's draw and how big it could be, I had all of the information needed to do that in an educated way and not just like guess and hope for the best. And two, your business needs to have a level of strategy and sustainability if you actually want to support your life. Because cool life stuff, I found, usually requires a level of financial stability. Like, at least personally for me, all the things that I enjoy tend to be a little expensive, like riding horses, most expensive hobby on earth, traveling internationally, not the cheapest thing, curating my furniture and my home and my wardrobe and 
like trying new restaurants, it all costs money. <laughs> and my business needs to have a level of cash flow and sustainability in that cash flow to support the lifestyle that I desire. And it's also just fine to want to be wealthy and accumulate wealth and build investments and stuff just for the sake of that too, by the way. And being able to not only do that, but do it on repeat and do it predictably and sustainably and year over year requires really intentional strategy, support, systems, all the things that I work with my clients on. Like we are here for a good time and for a long time. I say that frequently because it's true and you have to be really thoughtful about how you're going to do it. So that's kind of my spiel about the financial side. Get your ducks in a row, (laughs) operate your business like a CEO, and also you need to have strategy and sustainability to support your lifestyle. So that takes me into kind of part two of this conversation, which is mindset manifestation. And the mindset that allowed me to buy this house, I am telling you, has been in place for a long time. Like I have been building towards this for years and years before I even knew that this was exactly what I wanted. And I mean that in a couple of ways. Like the first thing is I believe in my heart of hearts, all the way in my soul, I believe that if something exists, I can have it. I very much have like the why not me mindset. And I also have the like I get to have it all mindset. So like if people are buying their dream homes on a daily basis, if people out there in the world, in my town, in my city, in my industry are buying their dream homes on the regular, why wouldn't I be able to do that at some point? So I've always believed that this was possible for me and I held the vision. Like, I think that is step one is believing that it's possible. And, you know, that's one reason why I'm really, really big on celebrating wins and like celebrating success publicly, whether it's my success or someone else's success, because the more evidence we can collect and gather that it's possible for us to, the easier it is for us to really anchor into and hold on to the vision of what we want our own lives to look like. Okay, hold on. I needed to interrupt this episode quickly because I've realized that it doesn't matter how hard you work or even how quote unquote productive you are, how many hours you put in, if you are going hard in the wrong direction, which is why it is so important to be clear and confident about your goals. And that's the exact reason why I've incorporated goal setting into all of my coaching programs. Because if my clients are not clear on their goals, if they don't know where we're going and why we're going there, it doesn't matter what strategies we pull out. It doesn't matter how much planning we do. We have to get clear on what the destination is first. And so I swear by this goal setting visualization, and it is something that previously was only available to my clients. It's a visualization that I lead and I walk you through. And now I've made it available for free for everyone. I swear by it. Even if you're not a visualization girly, I have just converted so many people into loving a good visualization with this exact exercise. So I'm going to leave a link to it in the episode description, or you can head immediately to mariewold.goals. That's M-A-R-I-E-W-O-L-D.com slash goals. 
Again, it is totally free. It will take you 25 minutes and I've hooked you up with a bonus workbook just to help you reflect and process and really start implementing on all the breakthroughs that you have. So enjoy. Let me know how it goes because I know it's going to be a game changer for you. And let's get back to the episode. So that has really served me, not just with this house, but just overall, like going after my goals. I believe that if something exists, I can have it and have that like, why not me mindset. And then two, I started where I was instead of waiting until I could have the forever house, the dream house to start building equity. And when I say forever house, I mean, realistically, is this house probably going to be my forever house? Probably not because the better it gets, the better it gets. Like, why would I not keep upgrading at some point? I'm incredibly grateful grateful for this house. I'm obsessed with it. I love it. But also I'm 28. So like realistically, I have so much more room to grow and learn and change. And who knows what the future holds. But the dream house, it is my dream house for now. So anyway, getting back on track. <laughs> the mindset thing that really served me again is I started where I was instead of waiting until I could have the perfect house. And it's been really interesting to observe how differently I'm approaching and thinking about this house versus our last one. And I mean that in the best way. I already told you the last house was like not the forever home. It was really cute. I loved it for what it was, but I knew it was like short-term. I knew that it was a stepping stone versus this house. I know that I'm just so much more invested in it. I know that it's something that is so much more us and it's something that we can be in long term and I'm invested. I want to take my time to make it perfect. I want to buy like all the organizational things. I want to do like the projects. I want to put up like the wallpaper. I want to invest in really nice furniture. Like I want to do it the right way and I'm already doing things that I never did in the last house. Like example, if you saw my Instagram story, I bought this surprisingly expensive like shelf liner sheets that you can adhere. Like you have to cut custom to the size of your shelf. I did that kind of DIY style in my pantry to protect my pantry shelves to make sure that my baskets didn't like scratch it or if that something spilled, it didn't stain the paint because that was something that happened in the last house. And that was something that I did like right away in this new house. I was like, I'm protecting my shelves. They will be pristine forever. (laughs) And that's just something that I would never have prioritized in the other house because I just didn't honestly feel that invested. Like I didn't feel that responsible (laughs) for its longevity. And that might sound some type of way, but I'm trying not to judge myself for it. And I'm just observing the way that I'm operating in this one and the way that I'm just like taking so much more care and intention with this one. I'm invested. I want to make it perfect, but I still am so grateful for not only the last house, but also past me for buying that house because I needed to buy the first house to get here. Like, thank God I bought it. I needed to not only like have that experience of home ownership and like navigating that at a, at a less intimidating level first, but I also like financially needed that house to build equity. And the equity from that house was a big part of our down payment for this house. And I don't think that we would have been able to qualify or be able to have the down payment for this house 
without another house's equity. And it was, it's been, I should say, a huge lesson and affirmation and reminder on letting good enough to be good enough and to get started where you are. Like, again, I knew that house was not our forever home. I knew that house was maybe a three-year, four-year max situation, but I didn't let that stop me from getting my foot in the door. I didn't let that stop me from buying it. I didn't let that stop me from just getting in the game, (laughs) even though I knew it wasn't perfect. And I talked about this the other day in my stories because that's a major parallel to business. I see so many people passing up the starter home, if you will, of just executing on something before it's perfect because they're waiting on the forever home to fall out of the sky, meaning they aren't creating content because they don't know how to say it perfectly yet, or they aren't launching their program because they know that they can do it better with time, or they are not showing up and providing expertise yet because they don't know everything under the sun yet or they aren't hiring their mentor at the level that they are able to now because they only want to work with them as a private client or things like that. Like just putting off, delaying getting in the game, delaying getting your foot in the door because you think, oh, if I wait, I can do it better. But that is a huge killer of progress and never taking action will guarantee that you like never you never get there. There is no replacement for time in the game and sweat equity. Like there is no replacement for me buying our starter house, spending three years in it, letting it appreciate, learning how to be a homeowner and using that as a stepping stone to this house. There is no replacement. Even if I would have put that down payment for that house into my business or something like that, it still would not have gotten me to where I needed to go because there are also intangible ROIs of putting in the reps, getting involved, understanding the context of like what you're doing that goes far beyond also the money piece. But obviously in business, the money piece is very, very real. And so I see people even say, you know, I really want to like hire you as my private coach someday. So I'm going to wait until I can do that. And then I'll check back in with them like maybe six months later and they're still in the same exact place saying the same exact thing. But if they would have just joined Online Coach Kickstart or got my Content Boss course or something like that, they would have gotten traction and they would have actually been so much closer, made their money back on that and then way more and made progress. So don't be so stuck on I have to get this perfect that you don't start. Right. And yes, I'm going to talk about like holding the vision and not settling and not lowering your standards, but that's about getting what you ultimately want. That's not about where you get started. Like you're going to have to start somewhere. It's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be everything you hoped for and dreamed of yet, but you can't get the dream without the time in the game and the sweat equity. So thank God for the starter house. She's so cute. We love her, but she wasn't forever, but she needed to happen. So that's kind of the mindset piece that has really served me and made it possible for me to buy this house. Aside from, of course, all the mindset stuff that is required to run a seven-figure coaching business because that's a whole other episode. But I wanted to zoom in on like two specific pieces related to the house. 
And that kind of takes me to manifestation piece because manifestation has absolutely been a part of this, like a thousand percent. And I know it's not something I talk about a ton and I don't get too super strategic about a ton. And I think a part of that is because manifestation comes really naturally to me. And so that's why I let my guests (laughs) break it down and get more nitty gritty and get more specific about it. But I want to tell you a little bit about how tactically I manifested this house. As you maybe know, vision boards are a big part of my brand and they are a big part of how I manifest things. I have been making vision boards before I knew they were vision boards. In high school, I loved making like collages with magazine clippings and things like that. And I would surround myself with them like on my school binders or on my planner cover or whatever. Like I always have loved curating a vibe. I've always loved assembling images and sayings and quotes and visuals that represent what I want my life to look like. And I've had a house like this on my vision board since 2019 and like different kind of iterations of a house like this on my Pinterest, on my vision boards and my camera roll, on my lock screen. And I have not changed my standard. 2019 was even before we bought our starter house, but I have not changed my standard even when I didn't have the budget yet or when we wanted wasn't on the market yet or when a house I thought I wanted sold before we could put an offer on it or even when we found houses that were like almost it and we were tempted to settle, like we discussed offers and all of that, I held the standard, I held the vision, and I just kept picturing the houses that I had put on my vision board. And I believed that it was possible. And I practiced putting myself in the dream house. So you can tell that like visualization is a huge part of my practice and a huge part of how I stay anchored in and how I take aligned action. And I'm I'm going to link in the episode description, a free goal setting visualization that's going to like change the game for you. It is completely free. It's something that I used to only take my clients through, but they loved it so much and it shifted things so quickly for a lot of my clients that I wanted to make this publicly available. So I'll link that in the episode description. It's an incredible visualization and it's a favorite even amongst people who say, I'm not a visualization person. I hear you. Trust. (laughs) It is so good. And it's just a self, or I mean a guided visualization where I take you through goal setting and really stepping into your next level. So anyway, I practiced putting myself in the dream house, visualizing myself. I started like pinning details of like specific things that were on my wish list, whether that's like the color of the cabinets or that they have under cabinet lighting, which this house does, by the way, or the color of the floors or the furniture that I wanted to buy or even like collecting content ideas for once I had a pool in the summer or thinking about the pool float (laughs) that I wanted to get or who I was going to invite over on like a hot day to hang out by the pool with me. I really like pictured myself in this house even though I didn't know like exactly, okay, like what way is the pool facing? Like, is there going to be three trees or four trees in the backyard or whatever? Like I didn't know the exact details, but I could see myself in this house before I knew what this house exactly was. And I acted as if it was a done deal that I would end up in this house. Like I was acting as if 
I was planning, I was plotting, I was pinning. (laughs) And then of course I took the aligned action to like build the business and prepare myself to support it financially. I found the best realtor with the best connections in town. I did everything possible to stage our previous house so that it could get the best offers, even above listing. Like I did the things and that's the part of the manifestation kind of practice or process that I think people overlook a lot. Like it's not just deciding that you're going to have something or just saying affirmations or just visualizing. It's also the aligned action. But I think the visualization and the vibes (laughs) is often what activates you into the action. So for me, it is really a powerful combo of both. And it's just crazy like how all the things came together. And I think that that was a big part or a big result of like how I manifested this upgrade, even when it didn't seem like it would work out. So to give you a few examples, when we first got our neighbors at our starter house, our second neighbors on in that house, they told us, if you ever want to sell your house, let us know. And we're like, okay, whatever. And kind of forgot about it, honestly. And so we listed our house. We had open houses. We had showings. And then our neighbors come home from like a two-week trip. And they're like, wait, you listed your house. Why don't you tell us we want to buy it? And our next door neighbors (laughs) straight up bought our house. And that is honestly a freaking miracle because where we lived was like by the lake. It's notoriously slow around the holidays. We hadn't gotten any offers yet. We had had a lot of people are open houses and stuff, but like no offers. And our next door neighbors came in, offered for the house above asking, had super uncomplicated clothes, and we didn't have the opportunity yet to put an offer on a new house yet because again, taxes, had to file taxes. And they let us lease it back for up to six months, which is unheard of. So they buy our house, were able to lease it back and stay living there without the pressure to like rush into something that we didn't love. And that was the first thing that was just like meant to be. Like that was such a convenient, amazing, best case scenario for who bought our house And they bought it as like a long-term rental property. And I think they just really wanted to like build their assets, but also be able to like control who their next door neighbors were going to be, which is super smart. And it was like just amazing. So we leased back the house at like the same rate as our mortgage. Like I don't even think our neighbors made any money on our lease. And we're leasing it back as we're house hunting. And we find the house that we got now. And the house had been on the market for for a while, but the price had just come down when we were able to put in our offer. And that was, again, right around the time where I was in a holding pattern of filing my taxes, but we put in the offer and we find out that there is another person looking to make an offer, but the realtor knows our realtor. They they work at the same brokerage. So we get favoritism, (laughs) which I'm not afraid to admit. We get favoritism and we win the house. And when we get our contract done, we're under contract. We find out that our closing date is the day before Andrew's birthday, which puts our move-in date on Andrew's birthday, which is just cute and a nice little synchronicity. And then as we're moving out of our old house, 
they tell us, you know, you don't even have to pay for a cleaner because the next people that want to rent it, which by the way, were the first people that saw it, the next people that want to rent it, want to move in the day after you leave, don't even clean it. Just leave it. You don't even have to pay for cleaners. So it was the most like bam, 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 bam. Like all of the puzzle pieces just fit. They just clicked together so beautifully. We got our house like under list price. It's one of the like top builders in Austin. It's beautiful. It's everything we wanted. And we got it for a deal. (laughs) We got a good rate for the market now because Andrew's got the hookup. We move in on his birthday and we celebrate with a chocolate cupcake because it's not his birthday until he's had his cake. That is a lifelong rule for him. And it's just like all really fallen into place. But as I'm like reflecting on how things have come together, I also remember back to when we first started the house hunt and there was like one house that I really loved, but we couldn't do anything about it. And it got sold before we could make an offer because again, taxes. And there were other houses that were like just outside of our budget that we just like couldn't stretch for that I thought I really loved. And there were various things that until we found the one were not like coming together and it was feeling hard and it was feeling forced and it was feeling like we were going to have to make all these compromises. But I held the vision. I held the standard. I refused to settle. I believed that I could have everything that I wanted in one house. And what do you know, once we found the one, everything came together. And so that was also just a reminder for me to trust the process, trust that the vision that I have can exist and that I can have like everything that I want, even if it's not on the timing that I expect, or even if it's stressful along the way, which we'll get to the mental breakdown part of this in a second. But it's just been like unreal how it all came together. And I've gotten a lot of messages that was like, wow, you already are in your new house. I feel like that happened so fast. And it really did. Like we listed our last house December 27th, moved into our new house on March 10th. So it was not even like two and a half months between listing the last one and being moved in to our new one. And I think houses are on the market like an average of six months right now. So that is unreal. And I'm so grateful for how it worked out. But I also want to acknowledge the shadow side of this experience and talk a little bit about the mental breakdown that I have also experienced as part of it. And I'll keep this part of the episode short, but I didn't want to skip it because I do think that it's important that leaders have a level of transparency around the hard parts of success, the shadow sides of success, and the unintended consequences of growth and like getting what you want. So Yes, I just bought my dream house and it's a huge accomplishment and I'm obsessed with it. And yes, I am so, so grateful. I know that you can probably hear like just how in love with it I am and how happy I am to be here and I'm proud of myself. And also the duality is that making this stretch has been quite honestly very triggering in a lot of ways because it has been just that a stretch into a new level into unfamiliar territory it has been growth which as you know as you know we talk about all the time growth is uncomfortable that is just the default that growth is uncomfortable it is inherently uncomfortable so it has stretched me it has challenged me it has brought up like limiting beliefs and like 
scarcity stuff and just like things that I had kind of resolved or processed or cleared like at the last level have come back. And so between buying this house and also nearing the finish line of planning and paying for our destination wedding in May, it has been a stretchy time for us. And I would be lying if I said I didn't reach my breaking point a couple of times where I just had to have a good cry and throw a little pity party for myself and like vent my therapist or like get a drink with a friend and just like forget about it for a second, which I know that sounds dramatic. Like, wow, you're getting everything that you want. Poor you. (laughs) And I can recognize that, but I also see this in my clients a lot. And so that's why I want to talk about it because getting everything you want does come at a price, especially if it's happening quickly. You have to hold this new level of tension and pressure and expectation and also just navigate change. Like even if it's growth and even if it's exactly what you wanted, it is change which is its own whole like dynamic, no matter where it's coming up or whether it's for a good thing or a negative thing or a neutral thing or whatever. It's just like a lot process. My nervous system was like working overtime to hold all of it and process all of it. And so I had to adjust and adapt, but I also just had to like let it be hard and let myself (laughs) acknowledge that I was being stretched and was feeling uncomfy. And then I've also just found myself with like a way overflowing plate in this season between the house, the wedding, running the business, the move itself, team stuff, client stuff, just like all the normal things that are already a lot, horse showing, but also adding selling a house, buying a house, moving, planning a wedding, planning that trip, all that stuff. (laughs) I found myself with a way overflowing plate, which I am a chronic plate filler, but like way overflowing more than I think I ever have. Like, I think this is a plate PR and I found myself having to make like hard choices about priorities where I feel like no matter what I'm like, disappointing somebody, including possibly disappointing myself. I've had to make decisions to like table projects or table pivots that I had really wanted to pursue and was like excited about. I've had to take a little pressure off of performing in my business because of how much I'm expecting from myself everywhere else. I've just really had to kind of zoom out at times and recalibrate what the expectations are, what the balance is, which balance is like not really real, but what the priorities and kind of the the harmony <laughs> for this season, if you will, is going to be. And it's been a lot to process. And I think that's super, super normal. And that's why I want to talk about it to normalize it. I see it again all the time in my clients. Like I have clients doing incredible things quitting their jobs to go full-time in their businesses, doubling their businesses year over year, hiring team, retiring their husbands, like doing all this really cool shit. And also the wins bring challenges. And also something that we talk about a lot is that there are seasons for everything. There are seasons to really like hustle and grind and push in your business. There are seasons to really prioritize your personal life, to prioritize relationships, to prioritize personal growth, to prioritize business growth that isn't financial. There are seasons for everything. And I preach that, but this has been an opportunity for me to really lean into that practice. And I've had to work on giving myself grace and acknowledging my humanity and that even I have limits. And I'm finding myself practicing a lot of those same mindset shifts that I take my clients through when they are going through like a lifey season. So 
in summary, I have had multiple mental breakdowns through this process, not just because of the house, but the house definitely contributes, even though it's exactly what I wanted. Getting everything that you want is a stretch and it can be uncomfortable and it also takes time. And the best thing you can do if you want to eventually buy a dream house for yourself is to get your mindset right, manifest it with the way that works best for you. If you're a very visual person, then do what I did. And also you need to be taking it seriously the way that you embody the CEO role in your business. Like you need to take your strategy seriously. You need to take your financial ducks being in a row seriously. You need to take your growth seriously, your support, your scalability. If buying a dream home funded by your business is a goal that you also have, we need to reverse engineer that goal and build the business to support it. So That's what I do inside of all of my coaching programs, whether you're a beginner and that's online coach kickstart or whether you are an established coach or service provider and it's online coach empire mastermind or OCE VIP, which is my brand new private coaching hybrid program. I will link all the options in the episode description because I am taking new private clients and I just debuted the OCE VIP option. That is my new private coaching option. I am only taking five clients in that container for 2023. So if they're still available and you want to apply for one and be considered, I will link that again in the episode description and you can submit an application. We can chat through it, make some projections, do some strategic planning, some reverse engineering. You know, I'm going to ask you the question, what do you want your life to look like? (laughs) And we will build your empire from there. So thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for celebrating and acknowledging this big milestone with me. And I will see you in the next episode. But until then, keep making bank.